Hello and welcome to the Your Gym Big Sister podcast. I hope you are having a wonderful morning, afternoon, evening, whenever you happen to be listening to this. Hope you're doing amazing, my darling. Um, How are we all this week? Are we all loving the heat wave? Guys, I swear it's like been a heat wave everywhere. Um, It's been a heat wave in Ireland, in the UK. It's been a heat wave in Canada. Oh my God, guys, it has been like 35 degrees in Canada the last few days and I'm just, my brain can't compute because I swear like last week it was all autumnal and I was getting excited for autumn. I was wearing hoodies and now I literally walk outside my house and it's like a sauna and I don't know about anybody else, but I just, I don't thrive in the heat. Like I don't like the very sweaty girl energy. I don't, I don't look good in it. My hair, she is frizzy. She is humid. I swear my skin gets worse. My tan, like any girls who are white Irish pale like me that basically have to do their fake tan all the time. Oh, it does not do well in the heat. It gets all gross. So yeah, it's been very sweaty girl energy the last few days. And I have to say, I'm very excited because I'm flying home to Dublin today. And even though it's hot there, it's not like the humidity here. I swear the heat here is different. The heat in Ireland's like nice because I've still got the sea breeze. Um, But yeah, I'm, I'm very much buzzing to fly home to Dublin I have to say can't wait to be home can't wait to see my family my friends I can't wait to see Shane because he's been gone he's been gone for like three weeks now um like he's been he went back to Ireland um a few weeks ago and I was like oh I'll just I'll just I'll stick it out by myself in Canada um so yeah I can't wait to see him and I can't wait to be beside the sea guys like I'm literally living to wake up tomorrow I mean, I say wake up, my flight lands at like 5am, so I'll probably go and have a little bit of a snooze, but then wake up and go for a little walk along the beach with a coffee. Oh, I can't wait. Like I've probably said this before, because I said say to everybody that I talk about, or that I talk to when I'm talking about like living in Toronto, but like I really miss being beside the ocean, like where I live, obviously Toronto's like inland, guys, it's inland, which I didn't know. I didn't know when I decided to move here. I thought it was on the on the coast. Like, so funny. I didn't realise where Toronto was until I was on the plane moving over here. And, you know, when you're looking at the screen and there's like that map where you can see how the plane is progressing. And as we started to get towards Canada, I was like, wait, that's not the ocean. That's what? What's going on? So, yeah, fun fact. I moved to the city without having any fucking idea where it was. But anyway, because I grew up literally living beside the, pe- the beach, like my house is on a cliff lo- overlooking the ocean. It's something that I just really, really treasure. So I 100% know wherever I end up living, it has to be at the ocean. Like it has to be beside the ocean. That is my prerequisite now is it has to be beside the sea. So I'm buzzing to get back. And guys, no offense, no offense. <laughs> Why do I say no offense? But I'm so excited as well because I put in a bid to get upgraded to business class for my flight home and it got accepted, which I can't wait for because it's an overnight flight. So it leaves Toronto at 6pm, lands at 5.30am Dublin time, which is like midnight. And I did like, like I've never flown business before because it's just not something I would ever pay full, like full money for. But Fun fact with Aer Lingus is you can put in a bid. So I ended up getting the business seat for like 
a third of the price that it should have been so it was a couple of hundred quid like well like 400 quid which like it should have been like 1500 so which I would never pay <laughs> never pay fuck that but because it's an overnight flight the last time oh my god it was miserable I was trying to sleep with like like hitting my head against the fucking window the entire time it, it was honestly horrible so this time I'll actually be able to lie down and I'll hopefully get somewhat of a little nap so that should be fun um that sounds like such a flex like oh I'm flying business it's not that but it's just more so if you didn't know that this was a thing because I didn't know this was a thing with Aer Lingus you can do it so just google Aer Lingus bid to upgrade and you can just put in a sneaky little bit. Shane got it as well going home. I think he only paid like 300. He played like, like nothing. Which like, to be fair, like a nor- like that's how much the normal flight is. So anyway, delighted. So it hopefully should be a little bit of a better experience. The last time I flew home as well, I was really sick. Uh, it was a few days after Movement Festival in Detroit and I was not well. So it was just a miserable experience altogether. So today should be a lot better. I can't wait. I also haven't even fucking finished packing yet. Like it's a, it's 7am and I have to leave for the airport at like 2pm and I have to train and it's like my longest training session. So that's the vibes today, but we'll, we'll get it done. I sacrificed packing last night to plan this podcast. So guys, I hope you all love me and I hope you all appreciate me because today's going to be stressful because I was like, no, I have to plan the podcast and I have to get the podcast done. Can't, can't leave the podcast. I was like, oh, maybe I could record it when I land. No. This podcast's getting recorded today. So, aside from that, how, how's the energy this week? It's been a bit weird. Is anybody else feeling this? Like, I don't know what's going on. Very tumultuous vibes. Like, some days I'm waking up feeling so off, like, so shitty. Brain is being an absolute arsehole to me. Just, like, don't know what's going on. And then I have some days where I wake up and I just feel amazing. Feel amazing. And I've had a few clients also experiencing similar things this week. Like, just weird, in a weird funk. And... I'm not an astrology girly, but when I feel this energy, I'm like, it's the planets, it's the moon. There's something going on with the moon. So maybe there is something going on with the planets and the moon. I've heard that everything's in retrograde. I don't even know what that means. I don't know what retrograde is, but I all I know is when I'm feeling off, I'm like, Mercury's in retrograde. Um, but I'm hoping that that's all going to pass that the rest of the month is going to be just gorgeous. And of course it will be because I'm going home. I'm going to be in Dublin, see all my pals. I have a client meetup planned, which I can't wait for. I can't wait to meet all my wonderful clients in person. And yes, September is going to be great. I woke up this morning and I was like, I've decided I'm sick of my shit. We're going to be fun. We're going to be happy. Let's get it done. And it's okay to not feel great, girls. Like it happens. Yeah, like I'm a human, having a human experience. I'm not going to feel good every single day, but I want to make sure that the rest of September, I have more days where I feel good versus not feeling good because it's not fun. It's not fun. Okay, so today's episode, what are we going to be talking about? This is one I've actually been very excited to to do um, and that I've wanted to do for ages because it's something that I'm so fascinated by and it's something I don't think enough people talk about, especially with like within the health and fitness kind of space. So today... I'm going to be diving into the nervous system, which is this just fascinating system in our body that governs so much of how we experience the world and also how our internal world functions. And I became really fascinated by uh, neuroscience and um, the nervous system when I was in university in my final year. So we had quite a few courses on neuroscience. And I remember the first few lectures, I was like, look, this, this is so hard. This is so 
so complicated I can't do it but once I learned a little bit more about it and I got the basics down I was like oh this is so cool and this is so interesting and it's amazing to understand a bit more about like how our brain functions because it's that's what that's what's creating this experience you know that's what creates the mind and so if you understand this nervous system at a basic level and you optimize that health that nervous system health and functioning I think you're going to be a much healthier happier human you know you're going to be someone who thinks better, thinks more clearly, moves better, performs better, functions better, digests better, and is basically just healthier for longer. And who doesn't want that? Um, I was going to dive into neuroplasticity a little bit, because I think understanding that can make a huge difference to changing our behaviors and our mindset. But I think this episode is going to end up being too long if I try and do that. So I'm probably going to make that a part two, because as, as I love the nervous system, I love neuroplasticity even more. And I swear, once I learned about that, it made changing my habits and my thought patterns so much easier because I realized that I can do it, that it's it's a physically possible thing. And that's so fucking cool. But I think this is something that we should all be taught about in school because like we need to know these things. And instead I learned about fucking Pythagoras' theorem. How have I, have I used that once since I left school? No, no. But lucky for you, I'm going to give you the lowdown on the nervous system. I'm going to talk about how it functions. I'm going to talk about why we want to make sure we're taking care of this precious system to optimize our physical and mental health because the two go hand in hand. They do. I honestly think like if you are taking care of your body, you're going to take care of your mind. And if you take care of your mind, you're probably going to be more likely to take care of your body. I really do think that it's bi-directional. So let's fucking get into it. Before we get into it, though. Obviously, as always, guys, if you like my podcast, if you like me, if you think I sound fun and interesting and you want other people to get to know the fun, interesting girl at the end of your earphones, that was weird, um, share my podcast, please. Share it with people, tag me and... You can also uh, rate, review, follow, subscribe, all that wonderful stuff on whatever platform you happen to be listening to it. Um, I'm almost at 20,000 listens. Isn't that wild? Honestly, still, it still blows my mind like that anybody listens. And I say that every single episode. It's going to be like a thousand episodes deep and I'm going to be like, I can't believe anybody is listening to this. But anyway, let's move on. Let's get into it. Let's dive into the episode. So nervous system 101. The first thing we need to discuss is what it actually is and like how it functions, what its roles are on a basic level. Obviously, this is not going to be anything too in depth because simple is better. You know, you don't need to know like the ins and outs of, you know, nervous system communication and cell cell signaling and all that sort of stuff. But I think you should have a bit of a bit of an idea of what this thing is. So the nervous system is essentially your body's command center. You know, it is the point of contact and communication between the internal world. So what's going on inside in our mind and inside in our body and the external world. So it's what lets us turn thoughts into actions It's also what lets us receive messages from outside and respond accordingly, you know, when something happens so that we can actually do things in response to those things that happen. And that can both be automatically um, or consciously. So it's things that we do without even realizing it and things that we consciously decide to do. And it is this incredible system that's evolved over eons, you know, millions of years And it lets us move about in the world, experience it and keep ourselves safe and survive. Obviously, that is the main function of every everything that our body does. It's to help us survive so that we can keep propagating the species. 
So our nervous system governs essentially everything that we do. Our thoughts, our behaviours, our memory, our physiological functions, our our breathing, our blood flow, all of that. Even our like our hormonal system to a degree is going to be influenced by our nervous system, our digestion, how we move. And all of it is influenced by different parts of our nervous system. So different parts within the brain, different nerves in the periphery. And it is basically this massive network of specialized cells called nerves or neurons that run from our brain down our spinal cord and then out to all those different organs tissues systems of the body and that communication happens in both directions so like I said the messages are coming from our brain out to the periphery to the edges of the body and they're also coming out from the periphery into the brain to tell the brain hey this is what's going on this is where you are this is where you are in space this is the environment that you're in you know this is what the quality of the air is like this is what the temperature is like so that the body can then change and do things in in response to that okay so it is like I said this communication occurs via very specialized cells that we call neurons and so neurons then communicate with each other via chemical and electrical signals so I'm going to chat a little bit about how they kind of contact each other or communicate with each other in a little bit but when we talk about chemical that's your neurotransmitters so you've probably heard of those you've got things like your serotonin and dopamine are the big ones that people talk about all of the time but you've got other ones you've got things like GABA GABA will be an inhibitory neurotransmitter I believe or maybe it's excitatory oh my god I can't remember it's been like two or three years since I um, did my all my neuroscience within uh, or in university but um GABA glutamine that's another one I think I can't remember oh my god Emma stop because I did not research this part (laughs) but yes they communicate with each other via neurotransmitters and that's our chemical signals and then you've also got your electrical signals so that's just the movement of ions in and out of those nerve cells to propagate the electrical signal so we have a lot of neurons okay we've got a lot of them in the brain alone there's 86 billion neurons that's a lot of neurons and they all communicate to let us do things like produce thoughts and perceive the world around us. Like that is an incomprehensible amount of cells that are creating our human experience. How fucking cool is that? I think that that's incredible. Like the brain is just this incredible, incredible thing. Oh, it's fascinating. Anyway, so when we look at the nervous system as a whole, it consists of different components and they all have slightly different functions. So We have the central nervous system that is basically made up of the brain, the brain stem and then the spinal cord. So the brain is like the big daddy, you know, or maybe the big mommy. I don't know. Depends. Depends on who you ask. Um, The control center of the nervous system. And the brain's obviously responsible for processing all that sensory information, you know, things that come in through like our eyes, our sense of smell, taste, our hearing. And then it lets us make decisions, generate thoughts, generate emotions. The spinal cord is then this long tube-like structure and that extends from the base of the brain all the way down your vertebral column or spine. And that serves as a bit of a communication pathway between the brain and the peripheral nervous system. For some reason, when I say peripheral, I always think of profiteroles. (laughs) Profiteroles. Fucking love profiteroles, but they do not like me because they're full of whipped cream and that does not my make my ha- my tummy very happy. Anyway, um, it's 7.20am and I'm thinking about profiteroles. Wow. Anyway, 
So the brain and the spinal cord, they are that central command center. And that's where all of the kind of most of the information processing occurs within our body. And then we have the peripheral nervous system or the peripheral nervous system. Okay, I need to stop. Which is basically all of the nerves and neurons outside the central nervous system. And it's basically like the information translator for the central nervous system. So the, the, the peripheral nervous system acts as a communication network. It connects the CNS, the central nervous system, I'm just going to say CNS from now on, to the body. And that includes like your muscles, your organs, your sensory receptors, all those other tissues in the body. So the peripheral nervous system lets that CNS know what's up, basically. It's like, yo, this is what's going on outside. These are the different stimuli that I'm encountering. And then it takes directions from the CNS. So this, so it takes, you know, something happens outside. It tells the CNS what's going on. The CNS goes, oh, this is what you need to do. And then that information goes from the CNS out to the peripheral nervous system. It's translated into actions. So that might be, you know, moving, running away, moving towards something. Um, so it's the actions that we take in response to those stimuli. So it's basically just this incredible highway of communication where we are constantly surveying what's going on you know what's happening outside our bodies what's happening inside as well you know uh, where is oxygen flowing where is blood flowing what's my hormonal system like what's going on and it takes that information and then it decides what to do with it that's basically it just decides what are we going to do and then it and then it creates that doing you know, it, it creates what happens. And so we can take it to another level of division then. So we've had CNS and then peripheral nervous system. And then we can take it down to another level of division within that peripheral nervous system. And it is bidirectional, like I've mentioned. So it takes information from like away from the central nervous system and then into the central nervous system. So you have your sensory or afferent division okay um of the the pns which is the peripheral nervous system which i don't like saying pns because it sounds like penis <laughs> people are gonna be like what is she saying so this kind of carries information from the sense organs so again your skin your eye your ears your nose into the central nervous system so that's what lets us perceive our surroundings it lets us actually have this sensory experience of the amazing world that we have around us and then we have our motor or efferent division so the way I always remembered this is for efferent it starts with e e for exit so this efferent division carries signals away from the cns to the muscles the glands the tissues so that we can then carry out those functions like moving and breathing whatever and that can be both voluntary or involuntary okay so things that we'd consciously decide to do and things that just happen because they need to happen for us to survive so that's like the instruction highway you know and then we have another division okay so we have central nervous system peripheral nervous system peripheral nervous system then breaks down into our afferent and efferent divisions so the part that brings information in and the bring part that brings information out okay and then what we have is the motor or efferent divisions divided into another two and this is the, this, this is the second last division, I promise. Okay, so I hope you're still with me here because sometimes when I'm saying this stuff, I'm like, is any of this making sense? I hope it is. But the somatic nervous system, okay, and that's everything that controls voluntary movements, like anything that we consciously decide to do, um, or even like, even if it's subconscious, but we're directing it, like 
I, the way I, th- I always think about this is like walking like okay I know I want to walk somewhere but I'm not consciously thinking foot up foot down foot up foot down but that is still the somatic nervous system because that's something that we are directing ourselves to do and so yeah anything like walking talking picking up things you know that's the somatic nervous system so when you're controlling the movement and you're deciding to take action to move about that's the somatic nervous system and then we have the autonomic nervous system so you might have heard about this the autonomic nervous system is going to be quite a big focus of the podcast because it plays a very big role in like our general well-being especially when it comes to things like our stress response this is very much governed by our autonomic nervous system and also our digestion and other processes are very much influenced by this particular division of the nervous system and it's two subdivisions or three subdivisions actually so this regulates all our involuntarily involuntary body functions so your heart rate your digestion your breathing rate okay anything that happens where we don't have to think about it that's your autonomic nervous system so obviously if we didn't have this we'd be dead because I don't know about you I've never once thought about well sorry not that I've never once thought about but I don't tend to think too much about breathing like I just do it obviously you can can consciously breathe in terms of doing breath work and stuff but you know most of the time I just breathe um, I my heart just beats and uh, my blood just moves and thankfully I don't have to direct that because the autonomic nervous system takes care of it for me in response to what is happening in the environment around me okay so this is then further subdivided into the sympathetic and parasympathetic branches and that's the last division I promise and you've probably heard about this we also have the enteric nervous system which is a part of the autonomic nervous system this is um to do with your digestive system I'm going to talk about these more in a little while when it comes to talking about like stress and kind of the stress response and relaxation but I feel like I've already given just so much information there already so I'm just going to like park that there so to to briefly recap just to make sure we're all on the same page You've got your CNS and your peripheral nervous system. So your central nervous system, your peripheral nervous system. Your peripheral nervous system is then divided into your sensory or afferent division and your motor or efferent division. So the sensory brings the information from the PNS into the CNS and the uh, efferent motor system brings information from the CNS out to the PNS. PNS, not penis. PNS. And that efferent system is then divided into your somatic nervous system, so your conscious voluntary system, and your autonomic or involuntary nervous systems. Autonomic is then divided into your sympathetic, parasympathetic, and enteric. Okay, so that's a lot of information, and I'm going to give you one more big information bit, and then I'm going to talk a bit more about things that are not so, like, not complex I was like not that this is like hugely complex but it's, it's a little bit complex especially when it's just listening to it I think um obviously if I was like someone who recorded these and like record the videos it might be a bit easier to have slides and stuff but I don't because I record my podcast early in the morning and I like to be able to look ugly doing it that's why I have a podcast and I don't make YouTube <laughs> Anyway, (laughs) I'm going to very briefly explain how neurons communicate. Now, this is going to be very simplified um, because it's it's a complex process, obviously. And I did entire courses on this in in, like in college, obviously. And I do find it so interesting, but I'll spare you the entire hour of chatting about it. But essentially, nerves communicate, like I said, electrically and chemically. So when we look at nerve cells, they basically join end to end in these huge signaling pathways that migrate from different areas of the brain through the brain down the spinal cord and out to the body depending on what 
what function they direct you know and so you can almost think of the signal traveling down these pathways a bit like falling dominoes so the signal moves from one neuron to the next in succession and so for one nerve to be stimulated the one before it must be stimulated that's kind of how it works so electrically these signals are going to travel down the neuron or the nerve cells and when we look at neurons they have this long axon which is basically like a long thread from the kind of cell body down to the end um, and And so when that electrical signal travels all the way down the axon, it reaches the nerve cell, the end of the nerve cell called a synapse, that's when neurotransmitters are released into the synaptic cleft. Um, So the synaptic cleft is basically just a gap between two nerve cells where neurotransmitters move from one end, from one cell to the other and basically say, yo, keep going with this signal. So they bind to the next nerve cell and they basically tell it what to do and to kind of keep carrying the signal. Okay, so the electrical signal moves down the axon and this happens, like I said, electrically. So what we have is different ions, which are charged particles. They move in and out of the cell to either make it be positive or negative. And so if it's like the correct charge, then that signal keeps moving. And then that's what causes the chemical signal to kind of be released from one nerve cell to the next. So again, that's a really simplified version, like really simplified version. But when we look at different functions in the body or even things like contracting our muscles or the ways that we think, the thought patterns and loops that we experience the most, because here's the thing, you think the same thoughts most of the time. (laughs) Those are that that's when that kind of occurs. And when we do things repeatedly, that's those signaling pathways being stimulated repeatedly. And so the more we stimulate those pathways or we carry out that specific action or function or thought the stronger they get and then the better we get at repeating them so maybe now you can start to see why we think the same way a lot of the times or where habits come from or the different stories we tell ourselves the beliefs that we have they are essentially these signaling pathways getting repeated again and again and again and those connections getting stronger and stronger and stronger Okay, so hopefully now you've got a better understanding um, of the nervous system, of its components and how signals are actually sent via nerve cells to influence different actions of the body, you know. And again, this is basically how every single motion or function occurs in the body from the subconscious to the conscious, as well as our actual thoughts and habits. So that signal, it starts somewhere, some region in the brain, it travels out. um, Or, you know, if, if we're thinking thoughts, like that's more so within the brain. But if we're thinking movements, motions, actions, that's like that singing pathway moving out of the brain down the spinal cord out to the peripheral nervous system to cause that action to occur and obviously guys when I'm talking about this it it happens in like I don't even know what it would be a micro 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 second like a lot of this we we, we're not aware of it you know it's everything that happens it's just these pathways moving like even when I like I'm sitting here and I'm recording this and I'm speaking and I'm moving my mouth and I'm moving my hands and I'm shaking my head that's all pathways being stimulated and causing that to happen again and again and again that's what everything we do everything we think everything we feel it's just pathways just pathways being stimulated okay so that's nervous system 101 hope you're still with me (laughs) so I'm basically going to go into now a little bit about the central nervous system and why it's important for our training and our recovery and this is obviously going to be important for our long-term gains okay and actually being able to continue training well training efficiently so like I said when we're um or like when we're in the gym and we're lifting weights and we're doing exercises you know I'm carrying out reps of a certain exercise the first level of that happening 
is the nervous system. So it's your nervous system coordinating the skilled emotion of that particular exercise. So if you listen to my episode, I want to say it's episode 26 potentially on what actually builds muscle. I chat a bit more about the process of like signaling from the brain to the muscle fibers and how those muscles then contract to produce force you know which is what we do when we're lifting weights but essentially the cns coordinates those muscle movements so for this to happen there has to be very precise coordination between the timing of different contractions of different muscles and different muscle fibers the control of these contractions as well so that our movements and reps are actually smooth you know they're purposeful so that we train with intent otherwise we would just be thrashing around and nothing we would never have you know very um specific tension being directed to specific fibers you know everything would just be very messy so it all has to be very 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 finely tuned and finely coordinated so what happens is the motor cortex which is in the brain it's an area of the brain plays a really important role in like planning and executing these voluntary muscle movements that we do when we're performing an exercise you know so say I want to do a bicep curl while my motor cortex is going to send a signal to the spinal cord out the peripheral nervous system to those um, muscle fibers at the bicep to cause these muscles to contract you know to cause them to shorten and to cause that movement to happen so those motor neurons in the spinal cord they are going to act as that point of communication between the motor cortex and the muscle fibers so they're going to receive those signals from the brain they're going to transmit them to specific muscle fibers so again things like whatever your bicep your quad your lat and that causes them to either contract or relax now we also rely on sensory signals coming from the peripheral nervous system to the brain to help us with fine tuning movements so things like proprioception so that's basically what we are feeling physically even an awareness of where our body is in space or our position how we are in relation to gravity things like our balance our brain is going to take these and use them as feedback to help us further fine-tune our movements and I think having an understanding that the nervous system is playing such a crucial role here is really important because again it speaks to this concept that lifting and training is is a skill and that skill gets better with repetition and that's due to the fact that those signaling pathways from the brain down our down down to our motor neurons and our muscle fibers are being strengthened with every rep and becoming more precise with every rep you know um, and this is why we don't want to constantly be changing our programs up it's also why you shouldn't just give up if you do try and exercise and the first time it feels awkward or like you don't nail it like of course you won't because you haven't built and then strengthened those neurological connections yet you know and so it's about building up that neurological adaptation those signaling pathways re kind of repeating them fine-tuning them to the point that they get very efficient you know um so that's why it's, it's important to remember that when you're trying new things and trying new exercises and trying any new skill like you have to build up those pathways you're not you don't have them yet so you need to get better at them we also want to consider then the central nervous system when it comes to our recovery from training and this is key for allowing us to actually you know maintain that performance in the gym in the long run so if we go into the gym and we train to the point that we are absolutely like mashed potatoes like doing every single set to failure all the intensifiers doing it for high volume five six sets per exercise we're going to be a walking zombie because we will have generated so much central nervous system fatigue so again we need to remember that when we train to failure like all the way to muscular failure those reps are very stimulating for our hypertrophy but they also generate really high amounts of fatigue and that's why we need to have a balance and that's also why in general 
if you're doing all your sets to all out failure, you probably don't need to do as many sets to get a good training stimulus. Whereas if your sets are a few reps shy of failure, um, you know, you might be able to get away with more sets because they're not going to be as fatiguing for your central nervous system. Now, if we generate too much fatigue to the point that we don't recover properly, we don't then adapt to the stimulus and then our next sessions are going to be shit. We're not going to be able to lift heavier. And that's that's no bueno for our long-term progress. So that's why deloads are important. And again, I did quite a deep dive into deloads back in episode number 27, if you want to listen. But when we deload, we're basically allowing both our muscular system, but also our central nervous system, a chance to wash off that fatigue and get back to a place where we can progress. But also good programming and training within your recovery parameters so that you're not accruing massive amounts of central nervous system fatigue, you know, in two weeks of training is really, really important. Okay. And we can also make sure we're off optimizing our central nervous system's recovery in a few different ways when it comes to our training. So the first one, the first one is going to be sleep. Sleep. Oh my God, I cannot stress this enough. And this applies for optimizing nervous system health in general, but just like your health in in general, if you want to be a better human, prioritize your fucking sleep. Okay. It's just something I'm not going to stop talking about it because it's so important, but Like, if you're an adult, you need to be getting... I mean, if you're an adult, I don't know if there's anybody listening to this who isn't an adult. But anyway, adults should be getting around seven to nine hours of sleep a night, most nights. Now, look, if you get a little bit less some nights, are you going to die? No, but you should still be trying to get that. You should be giving yourself the opportunity to get that, okay? And if you want all of the sleep tips, then just go back and listen to episode number 11 because that was a big, deep dive on sleep. But make sure you're getting to bed on time. Don't be watching TikTok right up to going to bed like in bed get off your phone have the lights dimmed have a nice sleep environment all that good stuff and just make sure you're giving yourself the best chance to get a good night's sleep okay also we want to make sure we're managing our nutrition and again like with all these tips every time I say them I'm like I say this for optimizing health in all aspects but like it's true like if you prioritize your sleep and eat well you're going to be a healthier human and that's because it's going to affect all the systems of your body so you know eating a very diet high in protein and you know high in nutrients and staying hydrated is going to be important as well as just generally like managing stress and having ways to bring your nervous system into a nice calm relaxed state and that brings me on nicely to my next point about the autonomic nervous system and the brain body connection I suppose so Like I said earlier, the autonomic nervous system is the division of your peripheral nervous system. And so this controls all the automatic functions of your body that you need to survive. So these are processes that you don't think about and that your brain just manages. It kind of does it on autopilot when you're awake, when you're asleep, whatever. And so this can then be broken down into three different components. So you might be familiar with two of them, and that's the sympathetic nervous system and the parasympathetic nervous system. And then we also have the enteric nervous system, which is basically your digestive nervous system. And I'm going to talk about that a bit in a minute. But the autonomic nervous system, again, it's really important to understand when it comes to our stress response and how we actually manage stress. And this is something that I know a lot of us stressed girlies probably need to hear. And here I'm really kind of getting into the the brain body connection and how important it is to understand it so that we can feel our best think our best, perform our best, just be our best in general. So I'm going to start with chatting a little bit about the parasympathetic and sympathetic nervous systems. And these two systems, they kind of have basically opposing functions and they work together to maintain balance or homeostasis in the body. Okay, so the sympathetic nervous system, this is what we will call the fight or flight system. 
because it's going to prepare our body to respond to stress or danger. So its job is to basically mobilize the body's resources for quick, vigorous action when we are presented with a threat. So imagine, you know, you hear like a rustle in the bushes, okay? And it could be a tiger. And remember, these these systems, these nervous systems, they evolved when we were living in the wild, like in the savannah, not the 21st century. And honestly, to a degree, a lot of our, you know, bodily systems, they think we're still there. They haven't caught up with the fact that we are in a very different world now. But, you know, we hear the rustle and what response do we want? Well, we want to be able to fucking act quick and either run away or square up and fight. And we need resources to do that. Like we need our body to be able to actually carry out all the functions that are going to let that happen. So we hear the rustle, your central, your central, your sympathetic nervous system gets activated and then a host of different physiological, that's a hard word to say, functions are going to switch on. So things like your heart rate and your blood pressure are going to increase, you know, blood's going to start pumping. You're going to have the airways in your lungs dilate. And this is basically going to allow you to take up more oxygen so that we can breathe deeper and have more fuel to move. Okay. We are going to redirect blood flow away from any non-essential functions like digestion. So keep this in mind, my IBS girlies. Okay. And that blood flow is going to move towards things like our muscles and our brain so that they can work at their max capacity so that we can think quickly and move quickly and we're also going to experience a release of stress hormones so things like your adrenaline and noradrenaline and this is just going to allow us to increase that energy that alertness our visual field will actually narrow too and this improves our focus and so your pupils will um the opposite of dilate contract get smaller (laughs) to narrow that field of vision the adrenaline will also trigger the release of things like glucose from cells liberate um fatty acids from temporary storage sites in the body again these are just nutrients that can go into the bloodstream and supply quick energy to all parts of the body and all of these things essentially are going to work together to prepare the body for a very rapid response to a perceived threat and i really want to highlight the word perceived here something that your brain and mind decides is a threat but as you probably know your brain and your mind can't your mind can't always be believed and the upshot is that we can have this stress response even when there's no actual threat or if the threat is imagined if it's something we think might happen in the future it could be something we see on a screen it could be our own thoughts we can have a stress response to these things and so looking at this you know this is the stress response it's the sympathetic nervous system activated in response to these stressors and again they can be physical they can be psychological and it just it all prepares the body to go okay i need to do something i need to fight i need to flee what am i going to do and then the other branch the parasympathetic branch basically acts in opposition to the sympathetic and we call this the rest and digest state and that's because it promotes guess what resting and digesting (laughs) it promotes rest relaxation and recovery so it's really responsible for kind of conserving our energy for maintaining our body functions especially during periods of rest so it basically does all of the opposite to what i just said so it slows your heart rate down it lowers your blood pressure it promotes digestion it promotes the absorption of nutrients rather than the release of them it actually enhances the function of our immune system it reduces the production of those different stress hormones so like your cortisol your adrenaline and it basically just supports all the functions in our body that are going to aid in our recovery and our growth so it kind of is the counterbalance to the sympathetic nervous system and so after a stress response 
is triggered by the sympathetic nervous system. The parasympathetic nervous system is going to help the body return to a nice state of equilibrium so that we can recover from the stressor. So ideally, you know, that's what happens. The the, uh, sympathetic nervous system is activated. We deal with the stressor in whatever way. And then the parasympathetic nervous system gets activated and brings us back to homeostasis. Now, the important thing to understand here is that the sympathetic nervous system is not bad. You know, I think a lot of people think like, oh God, I'm in flight or flight. It's the worst thing ever. It's not that we want to avoid being in that state or being stressed. Like we need it. Okay. It's completely crucial to our survival. If we didn't have this sympathetic nervous system, we wouldn't look after ourselves if there was an actual danger. And we'd all, we, we all would have been eaten by lions thousands of years ago or tigers or whatever the human, like whatever. The human race would not have survived. We need it. We also need this to drive us towards action. Like, When you're slightly stressed about something, you're going to put your ass in gear and you're going to work towards it. You know, I think we all know that like nothing makes you more productive than, you know, like a looming deadline or like an assignment or just having shit to get done and knowing it needs to be done soon. And that's not a bad thing. The problem arises when we live in a chronic state of of sympathetic nervous system arousal. Okay, when we are always in this fight or flight. And unfortunately, a lot of us are in that state these days. We are constantly on edge. We live in a very damn stressy environment. And because so many people don't actually know about the nervous system and how to regulate and how to balance it, although look at you, you're about to learn, then we end up chronically stressed. And this, my loves, is not good for your long-term physical or mental health. Okay, so what happens if we live in this state of chronic you know, sympathetic nervous system activation? Like what are the risks? So it's been linked to things like high blood pressure, inflammation, insulin resistance, increased risk of things like type 2 diabetes, obesity, cancer. It can also cause disruption to sleep and long term that can have effect on things like our brain health, could potentially increase our risk of dementia, Alzheimer's, other neurodegenerative diseases. Even from a mental health perspective, like we're going to be more at risk of anxiety, depression, just feeling disconnected from our bodies. If we're looking at our body composition and training, like our recovery is going to be impacted. We won't build as much muscle. We will, you know, have a higher propensity to gain body fat and so you know I think like the important thing to say here is like you know it's yes we want to have an adequate sympathetic nervous response when it is warranted but we don't want a chronic one when it's not warranted and so again when we look at the word stressor it's not just big scary events like oh I almost got hit by a car or I'm going through a breakup or I lost my job or I'm going through grief it's that's that's not it like we're constantly being exposed to micro stressors so even things like the notifications on your phone constant work emails like your boss who's a fucking dick to you that you always are scared to bump into like news headlines twitter even environmental stressors like your toxins your pollutants and so many of us live in this high alert state where and we're not even aware of it like we're not even aware that we are constantly on edge and constantly on fight or flight so i guess at this point like what what i want you to do or what it could be worth doing is just a bit of a gut check you know just ask yourself like what state do I think I'm spending most of my time in? You know, am I actually in tune with my body enough to even know? And do I know how to calm myself down and actually self-soothe when I'm in this state of fight or flight? You know, do I respond to stressors in a reasonable way or do I massively overreact? So really ask yourself these questions and start trying to get a bit of more of an understanding of how you feel on a daily basis. I honestly think not enough people ask themselves, how do I feel in this moment? How am I feeling, you know? And so getting in tune with that is very, very important, okay? So 
how do we actually balance our autonomic nervous system and then bring ourselves back down into that baseline parasympathetic state so I'm actually going to recommend a book here um how to do the work by Nicole Lepera Dr Nicole Lepera the holistic psychologist and she also has a second one it's like um I can't remember the name of it it's like a journal kind of workbook and those are really fantastic and she talks a lot about the nervous system and regulating your nervous system and um kind of bringing yourself back into the parasympathetic state but I'm just going to kind of quickly give you a few steps but I think the the the, the big thing here is like yes it's subconscious our our parasympathetic and sympathetic state but we can influence our nervous system through our actions and even through our thoughts so we're not just at the whim of our autonomic nervous system it's not like oh I'm just someone who's really stressed and I can't do anything about it like you can you can influence it um and so that's what I'm going to talk about now so I think it's important to have a toolkit of different methods that work for you you know different things you can do that help bring you down to that parasympathetic state and I'm just going to outline a few different ways here as always with all this sort of stuff like experiment with things and just see what feels good for you like see what works for you so the big one is going to be like your direct relaxation technique so meditation you know meditation is amazing for allowing you to observe the state that your body is in and observe the state that your mind is in and hopefully start bringing it back down into a nice calm state deep breathing exercises, your breath work again. Um, I really enjoyed this, um, especially things like box breathing is a really good one because um, it doesn't have to be anything crazy. You don't have to do an hour long meditation. You can do like five minutes of, you know, just sitting with your thoughts. You can do two minutes of box breathing. So box breathing is one I always recommend to people with um, if they're struggling with their di- digestion. So before they eat a meal. So it's basically where you would Breathe in for a count of four, hold for a count of four, breathe out for a count of four, hold for a count of four and just do that a few times and that can help to bring you into that parasympathetic state. Yoga as well is obviously um, a very good kind of relaxing thing. Um, mindfulness, just general mindfulness, just becoming aware of your surroundings, you know, naming things that you can see, smell, hear, touch, you know, grounding yourself. You can also do things like tapping. Um, so this is something I've been actually doing with my therapist, like tapping on my kind of collarbones just to help bring me into like a nice kind of calm state visualization techniques as well I really like visualization um something simple like imagining myself in like a safe bubble imagining light flowing all over me um I find these things very very relaxing um and so even or even just you know focusing on your breath repeating a mantra even if it's something like I'm safe I'm safe I'm safe you know these are little things that you can do anywhere as well you know if you're in a stressful situation you can do this without anybody even noticing that you're doing these things and I think that that's what's really beautiful about a lot of these techniques so having these sorts of like little little things you can do another one that I love is journaling Um, I think journaling is just the best thing ever it's an incredible tool to help calm yourself down manage stressful situations you know write your thoughts out on the piece of paper ask yourself is this true is this uh, maybe a story that I'm telling myself again prioritizing sleep like if you're not prioritizing sleep at this point I don't know what to say okay shame on you (laughs) and then um, even your diet too you know like at the end of the day Your nervous system is a physical thing. It's made up of cells and those cells need fuel. And the quality of that fuel that you put in is going to impact how it functions. You know, the different amino acids, the electrolytes, the micronutrients, the minerals, they're all really important to how your brain and body and nervous system function. And so if you want it to function at its best, you know, eat well, eat well, okay? And then just stay well hydrated, you know, the basics. But again, 
I said, like, it doesn't matter what I'm talking about. These are always going to be the basics for health. And they should be things that you're doing every day as a non-negotiable. So have those sort of few techniques that help you bring your parasympathetic system back online and to bring you out of that sympathetic state you know but again I think the the breath is one of the most powerful tools that we have for consciously directing the state of our nervous system so really focusing on breath work um not even like breath work like 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 full-on breath work but just literally focusing on belly breaths you know like breathing all the way in to your diaphragm like so many people their breathing is so shallow they're breathing quickly and that's going to have you in more of a sympathetic state. So making sure you're focusing on like deep breathing and actually getting oxygen into your body. Those are really, really important things. So um, I feel like I've been talking for ages, but the last thing I want to talk about now is um, how our nervous system affects digestion, because I think a lot of people need to hear this. So I do want to do an entire episode on digestion and digestive health. So I'm going to keep this a bit short and sweet um, and really focus on the nervous system side of things. But I mentioned earlier, we do have the enteric nervous system and this is sometimes referred to as the second brain. Um, a lot of, um, a lot of um, scientists have referred to it as that. And it's basically a really complex net- network of neurons that resides within the GI tract. Um, and so this plays a very crucial role in regulating and controlling digestion. So um, how, how can stress impact that and how can we kind of promote good digestion I think it's really worth knowing these things so you know the the role of the enteric nervous system is basically like I said it's just this highly specialized network of neurons and it functions functions independently but it also communicates with that central nervous system too and so what can it influence so it influences um motility so that's actually the contraction of the muscles within the digestive system and that allows food and fluid to actually move properly through the gi system and that's things like your peristalsis and that's basically your food just moving through the esophagus and the intestines obviously if your food isn't moving and it's just sitting there you're not going to feel very good are you no we want to make sure that the digestion is occurring well secretion as well so different neurons in that enteric nervous system are going to regulate the secretion of our digestive enzymes and our our, um, mucus even within the gut lining things that are really necessary for digestion you know things that break down our food into nutrients so that we can absorb it so again if we're not secreting those digestive enzymes well we're not going to break the food down and it's going to just sit in us (laughs) you know and it's not going to pass very well either Okay, and then blood flow too. So blood flow is really, really important. So um, blood is going to flow from different parts of the digestive system. That's going to let, you know, enough oxygen, enough nutrients to reach all of these different digestive organs. And then the enteric nervous system also has sensory functions too. So it's going to detect if there's changes in the GI environment. So even things like food, um, stretching, like the stomach, you know, and that's where we feel full, you know, like when we eat a meal and we are, our, our stomach stretches, signals move from the stomach up to the brain to tell it hey I'm full okay and then that is also going to help with digestion too um so obviously like stress is going to have very significant effects on that because the enteric nervous system is linked to the sympathetic nervous system and so if we're very stressed you know what's going to happen what's going to be the effects on our enteric nervous system and our digestion well we're going to have reduced blood flow so stress like I said earlier 
if we have a sympathetic response, that blood is going to flow away from the digestive organs towards the muscles in the brain. And that's going to mean less blood flow to the gut. That can slow down digestion, okay? And that can cause some bloating. It can cause some discomfort. It's going to alter our motility, you know? So again, if we are stressed girlies, the general, or like, we're not going to experience the normal contractions of the digestive muscle, mush, muscles, wow, digestive muscles. And that's going to mean that our, bo- our bowel movements are not regular. That's not a good thing, okay? You should be going to the toilet regularly, right? Okay? So it's also going to change, you know, the secretion of those different digestive enzymes, mucus, the substance that are necessary for breaking down food. Again, that can lead to things like indigestion, heartburn, bloating. Um, and all of this is going to mean that if we're chronically stressed, we might find that we are chronically bloated have poor digestion we're not getting the most from our food we're not absorbing the nutrients and we're not going to feel very very good so hopefully you can see that if we are in this constant state of fight or flight all the time our digestion's not going to be the best okay and if you find that you're constantly bloated after your meals right or your digestion is just off make sure you're looking at stress ask yourself what state is my nervous system in you know especially before i eat my meals really focus on that like focus on that before you start thinking about like taking supplements or doing elimination diets or whatever the fuck the tiktok digestion gut health girlies are promoting at this current moment in time i guarantee look at your nervous system first you know what state are you in before you're eating your food are you scoffing your food down in a stress state yeah well like that's not good okay so get yourself into that nice parasympathetic rest and digest it's called rest and digest for a reason state if you want to optimize your digestion and make sure you're getting the most from your food okay so oh my god my loves I think that that's going to be it for today that's been quite a long episode and it's been quite an information heavy episode like I always find with these like ones that are a lot more kind of technical I don't like to keep them too long because I'm conscious that people are probably like oh my god what is she talking about (laughs) um but I know I said I want to chat a bit about neuroplasticity but again I'd be here hours so I shall potentially leave that for a wee part two maybe in a future episode because definitely something I want to talk about I want to definitely dive into a bit more of like mindset type episodes I just always like struggle to know what to talk about because it's such a it's not a not a vague thing but like it can be a bit less tangible but I'm working on it anyway as always, as always, as always, as always, if you enjoyed this episode and you did learn something or you found some value in it, then like I said earlier, please do share it on your stories. Don't forget to tag me um, at emma.curvin um, and because it really helps my podcast reach more people, of course. And don't forget to rate, review, follow, all that good stuff. And if you are interested in working with me one-to-one for coaching, then of course you can click the link below. We can have a chat all about how I can help you. If you want to submit a question for the Q&A episodes as well, I will link the type form down below or you can just send me a DM on Instagram. Instagram. But aside from that, I hope you have an incredible rest of your day. I hope you have an amazing rest of your month. (laughs) And thank you so, so much for listening. And I will chat to you in the next one. Okay. I love you. Bye.